Last week, I had briefly mentioned the Color Springs Snow Sox professional baseball team, which is the other baseball team that's here in Color Springs. The Pecos League, which is the league that the Color Springs Snow Sox is a part of, um, wanted to continue the tradition at the historic Spurgeon Field here in Color Springs at Memorial Park. Now, to give you some brief history, as I mentioned last week, Color Springs has always been known for baseball. And to give you that insight today of the history of baseball here in Color Springs, I want to take a moment to reflect on prior teams, which I've kind of mentioned and based on in episode one and two um, with the Color Springs Sky Sox, but to really div- dive deep into the Color Springs Snow Sox is, again, they're another professional team here in Color Springs, part of another league uh, that is just like the Pioneer League. I, I'm highly fascinated in these type of leagues and situations that come across anywhere, which will be part of my main topic later today about uh, being so serious about why you won't support these local teams and everything. So when I look at the history of pro baseball here in Colorado Springs, Spurgeon Field is the number one place we go back to. The Colorado Springs Sky Sox were, um, of course, the minor league baseball team in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, the team played in the Pacific Coast League, the PCL, and was the AAA affiliate of the Major League um, Milwaukee Brewers from 2015 to 2018 the Colorado Rockies from 1993 to 2014, and then going back as far as uh, 1988 to 1992, they were the AAA affiliate of the Cleveland Indians. The Sky Sox had won the PCL title in 1992 and 1995. Since then, they did not win any titles. Um, They may have came close here and there in some playoff games, but were quickly eliminated. Um, From... 1950 to 1958, the original um, Color Springs Sky Sox were a Class A affiliate of the Chicago White Sox in the Western League. The Sky Sox nickname originated with their affiliation with the White Sox. The Pikes Peak region was without professional baseball for 30 years until 1988 when the Hawaii Islanders of the PCL uh, relocated to Colorado Springs and became the second uh, incarnation of the Sky Sox. From 1988 to 1992, the Sky Sox were, the, like I said, the affiliation of the Cleveland Indians. But when Denver was awarded a Major League franchise in um, 1993 for the 1993 season, the new Colorado Rockies were arranged for the Sky Sox to become their top farm team, um, which is their AAA affiliation. During their first season, um, when we go back to 1988, the Sky Sox played at Spurgeon Stadium for several weeks of the season until their new stadium was built, uh, which then became security service filled ballpark on the eastern edge of Colorado Springs, costing $3.4 million to build and held 8,500 spectators. Currently, right now, I believe that's still the count of how much it can hold. Um, Essentially, now it's renamed to UC Health Park, which is our medical 
facilities here in um, overall in Colorado Springs and Colorado. Uh, Spurgeon Field, giving a little bit of background on that, is in Memorial Park. If you're uh, familiar with Colorado Springs or if you're not, Memorial Park is kind of in the middle of our city. Um, and that's where the original home of the AAA Color Springs Sky Sox were when the team returned to the city in 1988. Um, Spurgeon, Spurgeon Field um, served as the home for the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs for the inaugural season in 2017. Um, it, the field is owned and operated by the city of Colorado Springs and the facility is the showcase field for the city's Park and Recreation Department and has the largest seating capacity among the venues at Memorial Park. When the Sky Sox first played at the facility in 1950, when the team was affiliated with the Chicago White Sox, and the team, and then when the team returned in 1988 from Hawaii as the affiliate of the Cleveland Indians, um, this is when it was prime baseball at Memorial Park in the heart of the city. Um, and then, of course, they moved to Security Service Field in the Northeast uh, Colorado Springs. The field itself is part of the larger amenities provided in Memorial Park, which features the 7-Eleven Velodrome, which is for bicycling for the Olympics, uh, the state's second largest skate park, and the ice rink um, that is there as well, indoor ice rink for hockey, local hockey sports. Um, a lot of high schools play uh, hockey there as well. And then the park itself hosts the Labor Day Liftoff Hot Air Balloon Festival um, every year over Labor Day weekend. Um, and then the Pikes Peak Celtic Festival every year as well. The park itself includes Prospect Lake for swimming, boating, and fishing on land that was donated by the Color Springs founder, General William Jackson Palmer. The park also honors heroes with the International Association of Firefighters Fallen Firefighter Memorial, IAFF Memorial, the Veterans Memorial for each branch of the military service, and recently just obtained the Pikes Peak Regional Law Enforcement Memorial as well. This is also where the memorial for every year for the Fallen Pikes Peak uh, Regional Law Enforcement is, along with the yearly firefighter memorial that I spoke about with the IAFF, uh, which is handles the firefighter memorial for the United States and Canada as well. Um, so when we kind of deep dive into the actual Pecos League itself, where did it come from? How did Colorado Springs get a team? Um, we look back at the Pecos League is, again, an independent baseball league just like the Pioneer League is. Um, which operates in cities in desert mountain regions throughout California, New Mexico, southern Arizona, Kansas, west Texas, and Colorado. Pecos teams play in cities that do not have major or minor league baseball teams and is not affiliated with either. Now one thing about that, kind of the tidbit off of that, um, there has been rumors that at some point, potentially, the Rocky Mountain Vibes could go back to a AAA affiliation to a Major League Baseball team. So I don't know how that could affect the Pecos League's decision in staying in Colorado Springs if that were to happen. At this point, I think with the uh, 
Pioneer League and everything, I think we're kind of safe to say that the Pioneer League will stay in place and the Vibes will not go back to a AAA affiliation. That was briefly a rumor going around there for a little bit. Um, But essentially, when we look back at the overall history um, of the Pecos Leagues, it, it has two divisions, which stretch from the plains of Kansas to the oceans of California to the Mexican border of Texas. The two divisions with the Mountain Division and the Pacific Division are where the two teams are set. Um, the league's high-power offenses are fueled by high altitudes and smaller ballparks. The Mountain Division of the Pecos League is home to high-altitude baseball where our average their average, should I say, their average elevation is 4,870 feet. Their players come from all over the United States and all over the world and are a combination of rising stars, falling stars, shooting stars, and athletes with stars in their eyes. Their communities take tremendous pride in their teams, and the Pecos League has promoted 412 players to hire independent and affiliated teams from 2010 to 2018. Players are signed from the Pecos Spring League, Hudson River League, Pecos League tryout camps, and the Major League Baseball scout referral system. Uh, the Peco League currently has 22-man roster with no designated hitter used in games, uh, unlike the Pioneer League, which does use the uh, DH uh, designated hitter so the pitchers do not bat. Um, each team's roster has 8 experienced players and 13 rookies. And the Pecos League roster regular season um, roster is nestled in the middle of uh, summer from June 1st to August 5th. This timing leads for increased fan participation in sports, um, which I would assume in a lot of these areas it can help with um, fans being at games, less uh, rain delays, things like that that a lot of these uh, towns essentially have. The Pecos League currently for the 2021 season has the Alpine Cowboys, Bakersfield Train Robbers, Colorado Springs Snow Sox, Garden City Wind, Martinez Sturgeon, Monterey Amberjacks, Roswell Invaders, San Rafael Pacifics, Santa Cruz Seaweed, Santa Fe Fugo, Fugo, uh, Trinidad Triggers, Tucson Sagareros, Wasco Reserve, and the White Sands Pupfish. So those are the teams that are currently in the league. Got to do some more research into the Pecos League and really kind of dive deep, maybe even do a special episode on the Color Springs Snow Sox. Um, I've been following them here and there on social media and the field itself is not far from my home, just like the Rocky Mountain Vibes field is not either. Um, so it's something that I may go check out one time when the Vibes are out of town or off and kind of see what they're all about. I am, again, a huge fan for these uh, startup leagues. Obviously, the Pecos and the Pioneer League have been in existence for quite some time. Obviously, the Pioneer League uh, going back to, I believe, 1913. So... They have history, and the fact that they're willing to bring teams to Color Springs is more than enough for me to get involved in them and root on our hometown heroes and 
I mean, they, they are taking after the, the team name of the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. They're kind of paying uh, honor to them with the Snow Sox name. The logo is similar to the original Sky Sox logo as well. And their colors are pretty much based as well as the uh, newer um, jerseys and stuff of the Colorado Springs Sky Sox from the late 2000 era. So I, I'm highly interested. Um, they're currently... A very winning team. I believe they are on a uh, seven or eight game winning streak, and I believe they're fifteen and two on the season. I could be wrong about that, but the last I checked, they were at that. So, very interesting uh, situation going on here in Colorado Springs with the Rocky Mountain vibes and the Colorado Springs Snow Sox. So, stay tuned to that. Like I said, I'll have some more information on that as I study a little more into them believe they only have about a month and a half or month and a couple weeks left of their season uh, where the vibes and the Pioneer League go till after uh, Labor Day. So we'll get into all that at another time, but I wanted to go ahead and welcome you to the Grand Slam podcast. I am your host, Brandon Anderson, and this is episode three. On today's episode... As I talked about a little bit in the opening segment, I want to talk about the the main topic of being why are people so serious and get so offended over these minor league, secondary, professional sports leagues that pop up throughout the country and frankly throughout the world. People are so offended that... They're coming. It's it's like they're coming for our our pro sports or NFL, MLB, and that's not even what half of these are. Um, there has been some that have clearly made it a point that they're going to be competitors with the NFL or uh, football leagues, or um, but you don't really hear that in baseball terms. Uh, these baseball leagues that are popping up throughout the country essentially are strictly what they are. They're they're for Players that are winding down their careers, they're for younger talent that maybe doesn't want to go to college. I, I think this is where, as a country um, and throughout the world, where we could make a change on sports where you don't have to go to college and get a college education to be in sports or play sports. And I'm not saying that having a college degree is not a bad thing or it, or that it is a bad thing. But in a lot of times, I understand that some players get hurt their first go-around and they're done. They, they can't play anymore. Um, and they have to fall back on whatever their career is. But does that always mean they need a college degree for that situation? I, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, so I'll get into that topic later today. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and start off by letting everyone know when I'm doing these reviews on the weeks of the prior weeks of baseball, I have got completely off essentially of where we're at in the season. I wasn't counting those first three games in the season as week one. Um, we had a short opening weekend for all the teams that was from Saturday into Monday. And then we had a break, or the day off, and then it picked up into week two. I had been saying we were in uh, week four last week. Actually, it's week five. So today I'll do a review of week five. 
the King of Mount King of the Mountain power rankings will drop on the episode, and then a week six preview, the main topic obviously, and then uh, close off the episode as we get ready for tonight's opening action of the new week of baseball and preview all that type of stuff as well. So let's dive right in to our first topic of week five in review. Week five is in the books and it was not a great week for the vibes. Um, We ended up falling to last place in the overall Pioneer League for both divisions with the worst record. And the Rocky Mountain Vibes ended up traveling to Great Falls, Montana to face the Voyagers. And when we look back at the six games, which started a week ago on the 16th, Rocky Mountain Vibes lost 11-5 in the first game, 7-2 in the second game. 7-1 7-1 to one in the third game, but then bounced back in the fourth game and ended up winning 10-7. to seven. And then in the fifth game, which was on Sunday, had to be one of the worst games they've had, especially to a team that was also in last place in the Northern Division. Um, they lost 20-3 to three, um, in that game. And then on Monday, the Rocky Mountain Vibes came so close to getting another win in the series, and it just didn't happen. Uh, it was the ninth in, bottom of the ninth. The Voyagers were up the bat. They had two outs, two strikes. They had two runners on base. I believe it was second and third, and the batter hit a base walk-off base hit that scored two runs to uh, take the lead and win the game 9-8. to eight. So they came close. Sunday was probably the closer game they've had of that series um, other than the the game that they won on Saturday. So the Vibes have a lot of issues, I would say. Um, When you look at pitching staff, the overall um, defense is just, it's it's not there. Um, I know when they were here playing the Raptors for the previous series, there's a lot of uh, drop balls, a lot of errors. Um, when they throw the ball to get them out at first, first baseman would either drop the ball or it would be overthrown. So there's a lot of work that they need to do. And lucky enough for, at least in the Pioneer League or for the Vibes, the season is split into two sections. So you have the first set of the season and then you have the second. The second essentially resets the record so it's 0-0 and you still have opportunity to make the playoffs at that point Um, so they'll set the first I believe it's uh, top one or two teams uh, for the first half and they'll make the playoffs and then the second half will have it set to make the playoffs up at that point so vibes have a chance to kind of reset at some point I don't know when that is um, we're looking forward to hopefully tonight we can see a little bit of a reset against the Chuckers, but the Chuckers are on a roll recently as well, and they are coming for the Paddleheads' first position. I'll talk more about that in the um, Power Ranking, King of the Mountain uh, Power Rankings segment, but this is essentially where the vibes are 
sitting at. And when we essentially go back to um, week uh, week five, um, Jacob Barfield has been one of the top players, I think, in the Vibes organization. I don't know how he has not been called up to uh, Manclova, uh, the Mexico team for the Rocky Mountain Vibes, which is like the MLB in Mexico. I, I, I don't know how he's not been called up. The The kid is on fire. Um, he has the best batting average at .402. He is leading the team in RBIs, or he's tied with uh, Edgar Salazar for 14 RBIs. And he is right behind uh, Manny and Edgar in home runs. Uh, they're sitting at four. They're the home run leaders still in the uh, team. But he's sitting at two. So there, there's a possibility that Barfield could take over the entire ba- batting le- leaders um, with just a couple home runs, essentially, or three home runs that he could take over. Uh, the pitching staff, uh, John... Cora, or Corral, I believe is how you pronounce his name, still is sitting at two wins, strikeouts. He has 30 he's leading the team with. And then ERA, um, Gomez is sitting at 0.00. And before behind them is the two positional players that I spoke about last week, Perez and Esperanza, that have a 0.00 ERA that really if you want to look at it that way I don't believe that's a good tally to look at because they haven't pitched much but if you look at the overall uh, percentage or whatnot Aaron Solis uh, number 31 is sitting at 4.18 ERA for pitching I would say that's probably more accurate of where um, we look at the numbers essentially but when you look at the overall week the vibes had it was not great um it continues to be an issue for the vibes as going forward the vibes like i said are basically at this point sitting in dead last in the entire league and um they're sitting at eight wins 19 losses and they're 12 games back from first place they're currently on a two-game losing streak and they are two for eight in the last ten games. They have a lot, a lot to make up for. Um, Boise Hawks were in dead last, have now uh, climbed into third place with being eleven games back. Grand Junction Rockies in the Southern Division are sitting at twelve and fifteen, eight games back from first. They are on a four-game winning streak, and then the Ogden Raptors, of course, are sitting at number one at twenty wins and seven losses. Um, they are currently five for five in the last 10 Rockies are also five for five and Hawks are five for five in the last 10. So they're just at 500 in the last 10 games, but overall these teams are doing amazing. Um, except the vibes, (laughs) frankly, and the Hawks are right behind or right in front of them. So there's a lot to make up for. And I think the overall, a vision of the vibes is not where it should be. Um, I think they have a great coaching staff. I think they have great players um, with a lot of potential. I mean, there are so many people, or players, should I say, on this team that essentially I, I feel have talent. It's just they're not getting it at the right time. And I mean, when you look at guys 
uh, such as Tyler Planter. This dude is amazing. He's uh, 6'4", 215 pounds. He bats right. Uh, he plays outfield. I've seen him play first base, which he did pretty great at um, against the Ogden Raptors. So you have these players. You have Manny Olik is how I believe you pronounce his last name. Um, Barboza, Esperanza, those are your outfielders. They are amazing talent. These kids have talent, and they are they're upcoming stars in my opinion. I think Manny is one of those players that – I've talked about it on this podcast and has a great um, background. He was one of the top prospects uh, when he uh, signed with the team. And then just your position players and batters and whatnot, I think have some decent, I think their pitching staff needs some help. Um, it's not looking great for a lot of them. But again, when you get great pitching staff, you get all that type of stuff essentially Sometimes these players get called up and then we don't see them um, again. So um, so for week five, I do show that there was a transaction that Aldo Nunez was placed on the disabled list and retroactivated to 617. I'm not quite sure if he is injured. Um, it does not state that he's injured, was not stated he is released or uh, sent up to Monclova. Um Aldo Nunez is another great outfielder that he's made some incredible plays, um, essentially with the vibes, and he's a he's a decent player. So, look interesting to see what happened to him. Um, I know he got somewhat hurt back when they were playing the um, the Raptors here in Colorado Springs. I noticed a, a situation where he went to dive for a ball and. Um, kind of tripped up or whatnot so he could be out um due to that but i'll keep an eye on that i'm hoping he does not get released or anything like that uh, nunez is a great guy he's very kind um it's another one of my daughter's favorite players on the team so we'll look at um essentially to what happens to this team going into week six week six again starts tonight um, let's go ahead and jump into week six preview and really kind of look at we um, currently are seeing that the chuckers are coming into town uh, so when you look at the 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 chuckers or whatnot they are they're on fire that's all I gotta say they are on a five game winning streak they're eight and two in their last 10 games. And frankly, I, I'm kind of worried for the vibes. The, the Chuckers were not doing that great before this last series. And then all of a sudden, they they took the series um, against the um, Paddleheads and the Boise Hawks. I mean, they, they swept the Paddleheads. They swept a number one team in the Northern Division. And they're heading into facing the worst team in the entire league. So... It's going to be interesting to see what happens um, essentially with this. So time will tell. Uh, this week will kind of set stone of what is happening. If the Vibes lose most of the series against the Chuckers, unfortunately I think they're done for the first half. There's no climbing back at this point. Um, they could potentially be up to 18 games back from first place 
uh, depending on what the Ogden Raptors do and, again, what the Rockies as well do. So, again, it's going to be interesting to see. I think when we look at the preview, I think they really need to look at who they have for pitching staff and kind of use it wisely. I, I think there's sometimes they leave the pitcher out there a little way too long um, now, I'm no baseball expert. Um, I've watched baseball my entire life, and no disrespect to the Vibes coaches. Um, but there's times where I'll be sitting there, and I'm like, how is this person still in the game? And they've given up 10 runs in an inning, and they're still out there. So I think that's going to be the major work they need to do is their pitching staff. But then, of course, if we're at home again and we're making these blatant drops – um, these errors in the field, it, it's going to contribute to the runs coming in day after day after day, um, which it did with the, the Ogden Raptors when they were here. So Vibes have a chance to kind of get somewhat on a different tr- like set track and kind of move forward with the season and make a change. Um, I don't know what that change could be other than pitching and some uh, – Batting, I think they have a great uh, lineup for their batting, and they they make a difference with their leadoff and position players making some great plays um, when they're batting. So it, it all depends on what happens there. Um, like I said, I'm worried for the team. I frankly, they are they're not great. Um, this is kind of where we were at with the vibes in 2019. They were not a great team at all. They did not make the playoffs. Um, and it, it's kind of a history of Colorado Springs baseball. The Sky Sox had been absolutely terrible going back to 1995. They may have made the playoffs here and there, but they weren't great. And I don't know if it has something to do with the altitude here. Uh, that's the excuse usually always made by these major league organizations. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Like I said, tonight starts that uh, series off with the Chuckers. Uh, first pitch is in about uh, six and a half hours from this recording. I will be live at the game tonight. Hopefully to start getting some Twitter feeds up and whatnot. So I, I do appreciate uh, everything that the overall vibes have done um, and uh, kind of go from there. So just wanted to basically give my insight on that and then let's move into our next topic which is the main topic of the day so i want to interrupt the recording to give you just a little psa i wanted to just let everyone know that um, if you did not see my instagram post yesterday um, i was in the middle of recording episode three when uh, i got a fire page to respond to an active fire Um, a lot of people may not know i am a volunteer wildland firefighter here in Colorado springs um, for the el paso county wildland um, fire team or fire crew uh, per se and uh, we got a page yesterday right as i was in the middle of recording so i had to stop the recording and then by the time i got home it was time to go to the game last night against the vibes and chuckers uh so i just wanted to interrupt this program regular scheduled program that is 
uh, to give you a kind of a PSA and to apologize for the rest of the recording. My voice is a little off. Um, obviously, being a wildland firefighter, a lot of smoke and ash and stuff that I had accumulated in my lungs and nostrils and everything yesterday. So it may sound a little bit off. I'm not sick, just pure fire. Um, tactics that we have to go through being a wildland firefighter so just wanted to break in and let you know about the delay in this episode and why um, and kind of go from there so let's get back to the regular scheduled program of the main topic and let's go so I wanted to first start out with the uh, before we get into the main topic, I want to make sure I don't miss this again because I seem to always miss it. Is the GSP Weekly King of the Mountain Power Rankings? There has been quite a shift in the overall power rankings, and I wanted to go ahead and discuss those changes. So, what I'll do is I'll count down, start at eight, and go down to number one, number one being the best, number eight being the last. And give you this week's King of the Mountain Power Rankings, um, which will be posted on Instagram today, um, even though we're technically already in week six. Uh, but here is the uh, results. So number eight, Rocky Mountain Vibes have fallen two spots down to number eight from six. Rocky Mountain Vibes, we can explain week f- um, five all we want. Explains itself of why they dropped. Uh, the Billings Mustangs are coming in at number seven. They have dropped three spots from the number four spot. The number six spot is the Boise Hawks. They moved up one. Had some a uh, little bit of change in their attitude, their playing, and kind of won some games there. So, um, very interesting to see what they do. Number five, this is a big shocker. This is going to, may make some uh, fans on this podcast a little mad, but had to happen. Number five is the Missoula Paddleheads. They moved down three spots. They got swept by the Chuckers. They nearly got swept by the Raptors prior to that in these three-game short series that they had, they were not the team they've been. So they dropped uh, completely, and they look to get some revenge, obviously, this week against the Raptors in a full six-game series. See how that goes. Uh, Number four on the list, the Grand Junction Rockies. They have moved up one from the five spots. Uh, they, they continue the, the win games and are looking pretty decent in the Southern Division. Number three, the Great Falls Voyagers. This is the biggest change in all of the overall uh, ranking system so far. It's five spots up that they jumped. They essentially went from last place up to third place. All because of their performance against the Rocky Mountain Vibes last week. They were killing it. Um, They were scoring points left and right. 
Um, I, I don't know if you can contribute a lot of that to um, the issues with the vibes, but I am sorry the Voyagers looked amazing this past week, and they definitely deserve to uh, get out of that last spot and move up to number three for this uh, power ranking. Number two, Ogden Raptors. They are down one. Putting them there just because they've been kind of off as well uh, since leaving Color Springs and heading into that uh, two-team short three-game series. They weren't that doing that great either. Um, offense wasn't really there as it has been, so they look to again try to either take that uh, overall number one spot in the league against the Paddleheads this week. We'll see how that goes. And then, of course, number one, Idaho Falls Chuckers. They are up two spots. They have improved to a massive, massive amount of talent that they've shown just in the past um, week or so and heading into this week. Um, They're on a winning streak, so I I assume we're going to start seeing some changes in the overall uh, standings. If the Chuckers keep winning, they may actually take that number one spot from the Paddleheads for the first half of the season. We'll have to see how that goes. But these are my GSP Weekly King of the Mountain Power Rankings. So again, they will be on social media. And we'll get back to them next week and see if anything changes drastically again. But let's go into our main topic now of... The overall complaint that people have about baseball, football, and different sports that like to create their own organizations to build the games. Let's hit that main topic. So the main topic I wanted to speak about today, which drives me up a wall. Um, It's one of these things that I cannot stand. It's as bad as the fan experience I spoke about last week is just the overall complaining that a lot of people do when these organizations, these leagues start up. Um, I'm a huge supporter of small leagues starting and becoming something big. The XFL obviously was backed by WWE owner Vince McMahon back in 2001 when they first started it, and then the second round of it um, happened last year in 2020, and then, of course, uh, basically got ruined because of COVID-19. So the biggest thing I see is on social media, I hear it in person, hear it around town, is how much people despise these type of organizations for coming together and creating something that should be big for years and years to come. So when I look at this, I'm going to mainly talk about the Rocky Mountain vibes going from the Colorado Springs Sky Sox and then the overall aspect of these pickup leagues is what I want to essentially call them and how we got here today and really describe this negativity, what that negativity does to community, um, to local jobs, uh, the economy itself. There's a lot of aspects when you come into these small pickup leagues or 
um, something like the Pioneer League that has uh, eight teams to it, uh, spanning throughout a couple states, or more than a couple states, and the impact it has on communities, jobs, and things like that. So let's rewind a little bit. So back in 2018 was the last season of the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. They were the AAA affiliation um, team of the Milwaukee Brewers at that point in time. And the rumor going around uh, when the season first started is that the Colorado Springs Sky Sox were gone after this year. Um, There was not going to be any more baseball in Colorado Springs uh, due to the fact that the Milwaukee Brewers had decided to take their uh, AAA team elsewhere and they were not, no one else was going to keep the Sky Sox here. Um, They were rebranding their team and moving it. So at that point, the end of the season came and we really did not know in Colorado Springs if there was going to be anything new. Uh, It wasn't until later in uh, 2018, early 2019, that we found out that the team um, was going to actually be a high A level rookie affiliation team for the Milwaukee Brewers, and they were going to hold a naming contest. When they held this naming contest, they were um, basically had a bunch of names out there, and this is where the negativity starts with the overall naming of the team and how ridiculous people got so mad at two things the name and the mascot so when it came down to it the winning voting name was the rocky mountain oysters now if you're not aware what a rocky mountain oyster is it is a bull testicle it's a fried bull testicle that Apparently, a lot of people in Colorado eat. I've never had one. Don't ever plan on having one. Um, but it's one of these things that I, I can't even imagine what you would have had as the mascot. And completely odd name, especially for something you're promoting to family and kids is a baseball team named the Rocky Mountain Oysters. Now, from my knowledge, that name did not go through, even though it was part of the list because of trademark issues and everything that they could not use it. So at that point in time, the uh, organization that owned the Sky Sox was trying to come up with this name to figure out what they're going to do. So they finally announced that on that on November 19th, 2018, the Colorado Springs, Colorado, um, Elmore Sports Group announced that the Rocky Mountain Vibes was their new name and that it was the essentially the name of the new professional baseball team. Uh, the team also unveiled the new logo color for the 2019 season, the schedule, merchandise, Um, at their November 19, 2018 press conference. At that point in time, they also announced that they um, were bringing in a new mascot. The new mascot ended up being a s'more. Uh, It's hard to explain if you've not seen Toasty. If you haven't, go Google it. You'll get exactly what I'm talking about. Um, But it's a... Basically a marshmallow and a s'more. If you don't know what a s'more is and you haven't seen 
the Sandlot baseball movie, you're missing out. Um, so it's a big s'more, walking s'more, that has flames as like kind of like hair. And a lot of people uh, compare Toasty to Guy Fieri um, and his look with his shades and his vibrant blonde-tipped hair or whatnot. So when they essentially announced the uh, team, they were part of the Pioneer League back then. Um, Their 2009 season would begin on June 14th against the Orem Owls with their first home game in Colorado Springs on June 21st against the Grand Junction Rockies. There would be 76 games with 38 home games in the 2019 season, with a final regular season game coming to coming at home on September 7th against the Grand Junction Rockies. So, the team colors of the vibes were inspired by the state flag. Uh, Rubine red, navy, gold, sky blue, and tan. The primary logo features the team name, Vibes, in a fiery font resting on a marshmallow rotating stick. So, there's a bunch of different... Um, logo variations toasty was is one of them and essentially when they announced this everyone came out with their pitchforks they were mad that the team did not take the rocky mountain oysters as a name because that was what was voted on I'm not even quite sure why they did a voting thing in the first place but it is what it is um and then you had these People that were so mad about the mascot Toasty, for whatever reason it is, they were just upset that this team created a mascot that was a marshmallow or s'more, and it was stupid. But yet, when you look through most of the like rookie affiliated or rookie advanced affiliation teams, AAA teams, they all have quirky names and quirky mascots. So. The fact that people were saying they were not going to renew their season tickets, they were boycotting baseball in Colorado Springs, they were mad that these uh, players were going to be rookie-affiliated or rookie-advanced affiliation of the Brewers, they were mad at that. They didn't want to support anything like that because we're not watching high school baseball. I still to this day hear that of these players that are out there in the field, that they're just high school players, and that is completely incorrect. Um, I don't see, granted, I don't follow high school baseball much, but I'm pretty sure if I go back to my high school and pull up their records for baseball seasons, they don't compare to the minor league baseball that we're seeing here. One, they don't play 94 games in a season. You would never have that in high school whatsoever so the fact that people just want to complain is outrageous and what it does is the biggest issue I see in this is a lot of people that dip out they don't want to support stuff but yet they're those same people that want to complain that small businesses are going under and oh we need to support our small businesses we need to support this well Now that the Pioneer League is just basically their own league, they are a small business, essentially. Maybe a little bigger business, but they're still a small entity that runs four teams. There's still presidents of these teams or whatnot. 
Um, but they put a lot into the league and make sure that these uh, kids, the young adults, have the opportunity to try to make their dream come true. Or you have the older adults that are trying to kind of slow down their um, baseball career and potentially retire eventually, that they want to play these um, smaller schedules, less travel, or less longer travel um, between the country and just kind of consolidate down to a certain area of the country. Um, But the big aspect of this is the overall branding of these baseball teams. Um, In the Pioneer League alone, I've seen the Paddleheads, the Raptors, the Chuckers, it's probably all eight teams. They are always doing promotions for certain organizations, whether it be military. Um, the Vibes last night were doing a lot, hosting um, our local mental health facilities, promoting mental health and suicide prevention. You have all these factors that these teams essentially build off of and promote these nights where giving back to the community, giving back money to the community. Um, the concession stands, at least here at Vibe Stadium, and they, as far as I know, always have been this way, have always been ran by um, either schools or private organizations uh, for bands, you name it. Um, and they, they basically work off donations um, when you're at the concession stands buying. Make sure you're tipping if you have extra funds. This supports these these organizations, and normally they have a sign up when you go up of what organization is working the stands this the that game, and when you do that, you're promoting them, and you're funding. Maybe someone didn't have enough. Maybe a unfortunate family didn't have enough money to send their kid to band practice or band school or whatnot for that. Well. Your money that you're tipping or you're putting into these um, concessions are going back to these this community um, locally here in Colorado Springs. And then you also have small businesses that run out of um, the other concessions and uh, local breweries that the Vibes get their beer from. So there, there's a lot of aspects when... There, MLB was talking about eliminating the minor league system to like a massive amount, which they kind of did, but then they signed a contract with these organizations like the Pioneer League, like the Pecos League, and things like that, where they're at least somewhat funding it, but they're not, um, and it's really giving a, giving a chance for these leagues to make it when otherwise there would just be no baseball. And when there's no baseball, there's no sports locally, you start seeing an economic drop because, personally, I have talked to fans that have sat next to us in our season tickets spots that have traveled down from northern Colorado, southern Colorado. Um, They would rather come to the Rocky Mountain Vibes game and support local businesses and the local team then go to a Major League Baseball game at the Rockies. I think I spoke briefly about that in the fan experience episode last week. And it's just one of those things that people don't understand 
that you have this aspect of teams and the community that's involved in it. Um, you, you bring memories to your kids going to these games where you may not, most people don't have enough money to go to a Colorado Rockies game or, uh, when you look at like NFL or like your major sports, NBA, NHL, some people can't afford to take their whole family to a game where here you have tickets. Some nights are on Wednesday nights. They're $2, um, for admission Sundays, you have cheaper food. Um, there's all types of aspects that you can get cheaper um, services, I guess you could say, from these organizations to go see baseball games, to go cheer on these players. And then you turn around and you have these people that, oh, I'm boycotting it. I don't like the mascot. I don't like this. I don't care about these high school level players. Who cares? Who cares? I want major league players here. I want this. I want that. And that's not, that's not what this is all about. It never was. And the fact that people are willing to just give up on a team because their name and their logo and their mascot, it just proves how inconsiderate people are when they're not thinking of the bigger picture. The, the Vibes organization, as far as I know, offers a lot of jobs throughout the the season i mean down to security guard ticket um people you have staff members that are working these people have jobs because of this game if they didn't they may not have a job they may be unemployed or whatnot support your local teams and support your local staff small businesses concession stands and biggest of all support your players Um, I I talked about that last week in the fan experience episode of stop downgrading and like making these players out to be terrible. They may not be good on the field um, here and there, but in reality, they have heart. They have passion. And not saying the Major League Baseball or these higher-end teams don't have that, but a lot of times you start seeing a difference when they get paid millions-of-dollar contract. Um, and their performance drops where these kids are trying to make it somewhere and that's exactly what they're doing. So to kind of wrap that up, my overall thing with this is fine. You can have an opinion. Obviously we all are entitled to that, but to constantly after two years, almost three years of the vibes organization being in place um, including the, the COVID year that we did not have a season last year. Stop going on their social media pages and continuing to complain. Stop going to games and complaining for the entire game that, oh, this team is horrible. These this mascots so stupid. Like, I hear it every time I go to the game, and it's just like, then don't go. Like, if you're going to sit there and complain, yeah, you're there, you're supporting it, you're giving them money, but it, it's just not... It's a negative vibe, no pun intended, a negative vibe around other fans that want to be there and to sit there and hear you complain the entire game that you hate this team and you hate like the aspect of the business of what they're doing, it's completely uncalled for. Um, so again, my message is 
Go out, support your local teams if you have one in your city and you're not in Colorado Springs. Or if you're in Colorado, come down to Colorado Springs for a weekend. Support our local businesses, support our local hotels, restaurants, and of course the Rocky Mountain vibes. And I guarantee you'll have a great time in that aspect of supporting these businesses. And they were hit hard during COVID, and I think this is our time to rebuild back with a vaccine out there and really get to be have this kind of normalized situation where we can go do stuff and vibes stadium is at 100 percent capacity and has been don't require masks if you're vaccinated or i don't think they require them period um it's completely up to you if you want to wear one or not but again support these local teams that may be in your area and don't just think about it as you're supporting the team or oh i'm supporting this major league baseball team that is getting funded no they do not fund every aspect of the game a lot of community stuff is involved in that so uh, definitely do that get out to the game enjoy it um, again if you're in color springs the rocky mountain vibes are on a home filled stretch started last night and goes into monday afternoon so uh, you have games last night tonight Friday night, which is tomorrow, and Saturday, all-night games, and then your Sunday and Monday are afternoon games. So check out the schedule. Rocky Mountain Vibes is your is our team, and let's get this podcast completed so we can go out and cheer on another night of Vibes Baseball. Um, so let's wrap it up. If you haven't already, I just posted my Twitter link on Instagram. I'm going to start sharing uh, in-game updates on there. Instagram, of course, if you haven't followed me already, uh, the Twitter account is slam underscore gram or add it. Um, share it, subscribe to the podcast, and rate it whenever you get a chance. This is a community that I want to grow with the Grand, Grand Slam podcast and really get the word out there about um, minor league baseball and promote it as much as possible because we may not have it forever. And I think it is a huge opportunity for fans to get to see these younger players before they advance. I know the 2019 uh, Rocky Mountain Vibes, a lot of their players are in AAA baseball now or close to it. And some of them are very close to actually um, – playing for the Milwaukee Brewers. So it's a starting point, and I think that it shows drastically when these players are doing so well time and time again. Um, but before we go, I wanted to give a special shout-out to a team of podcasters, Jock and Mike, who Jock is a good friend of mine for many years. Mike... Um, is a friend of Jock that they created a podcast named Boundless Gamers. Um, they're best friends, lifelong gamers, and they've teamed up on this co-op adventure to share their passion for video games with the world. Join them for unique topic discussions, impressions of games um, they're playing, new and old, 
fun segments like surprise mechanics and a lot of unprofessional nonsense. This this gamer's podcast is definitely not your normal podcast for gaming. Doesn't cover your weekly news, doesn't cover things like that, but they are a, web, a weekly episode and they dive deep into video games that they're playing. They give their impressions and they they're very very knowledgeable in the gaming world. Um, so definitely hit them up. They have Facebook, um, different social media platforms, but you can find their podcast on all major podcast uh, providers. Again, the name is Boundless Gamers, and you can't go wrong listening to them and their heart and passion that I share for baseball. They share for video games. Um, just like I do, um, but I definitely am not creating a video game podcast. Um, leave that up to the professionals like uh, Jock and uh, Mike to do. So we here at Grand Slam Podcast appreciate the shout out on their podcast. And we look forward to more episodes weekly. And maybe one day, uh, just giving you a kind of a shout out here, uh, Jock and Mike, uh, when... Maybe we could do an episode on baseball game, uh, video game, and discuss some tactics of that, a joint effort in our podcast journey. So, again, thank you again to them. Thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back here next week. And uh, let's go vibes and let's get toasty. Have a great one, everyone.